Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Bart Reed joins us next. Bart Reed's player profile and scouting report is brought to you by the Hoop 5 Basketball Academy. You know, Bart, your popularity continues to just absolutely amaze me. And the reason why. Well, well, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I do not know why, Randy. Tell me. Well, I mean, I'm looking at three in a row here on my Asher Record Service Company live in feedback. Man, oh, Bart is on today. Oh, um, anyway, this one from Corey. Hey, I'm trying to post, Randy, before the last minute that I'm on for social <laughs> media, but I can't seem to get on the ball enough to get it out there early. So, Oh, those weren't your posts then? They couldn't wait to have you on? Only kidding. <laughs> no, I'm going to post social media and let them know I'm on. Sorry. Okay. You, we all stopped on that, <laughs> that one, Rick. No, uh, I've been on Twitter, Facebook, and that type of stuff. I'm trying to do better. You made me stop and think what you were saying. But very good, Rick. Uh, Corey says, is Bart 100%? We are in the NCAA tournament. Eight and ten is scary to me. Also, can Bart go over the Auburn game in detail? Well, traditionally, eight and ten would not get it done in the SEC. In fact, we were screaming, Coach Cal was screaming to get seven in last year, eight, and we ended up getting six. So, eight and ten. We're a lot for the tournament based on, I think, some obvious factors, the NET being number one, and the fact that somehow that NET is not dropped very much at all. In fact, probably only a couple points, even though we lose three straight because of the quality of the opponent. So the short answer is we're a lot for the tournament. The SEC, that means that they would get eight in. That's more teams than they have traditionally had in the past. So obviously the – selection committee or the powers to be think the league is really good this year and balanced eight and ten is scary guys i think anything below 500 would you guys not agree puts you in the danger zone to make the ncaa tournament power five or not yes yeah i, th- I think that's you know that's the thing when he said a hundred percent lock maybe we should say 95 because nothing's ever a hundred percent no but, but i agree uh, no but you do feel now, no guarantee. What if Auburn wins by twenty-five or something? I, I don't think that's going to happen. But that's why you just can't ever say nothing can happen. I tell you, the odd thing is, right now everybody's got Arkansas as a nine. If they win against Auburn, they're still, probably still a nine. And if they lose the next game, they're still a nine. If they lose against Auburn, they're probably a ten or possibly a non-play in game eleven. If they would win three games at the tournament, could they move up to a seven? They could move up to a seven. I don't see them, Rick. When you lose, because one of the big factors always used to be how you finish the season. I don't see a team dropping three in the three in a row in the regular season. Although you're spiking up in the tournament, I still think there's too much inconsistency there. I mean, I just see us as an eight or nine seed, and we are what we are. That's going to be scary to a one seed, certainly 
uh, a four seed or whatever it is, is they're looking at Arkansas as probably an extremely dangerous eight to nine team. Uh, but I would treat Auburn as a must win, even though it's not a must win. I think Auburn gets to be for the Arkansas Razorbacks in that locker room a must win. You're treating it that way in terms of scouting reports, intensity of practice. You're leaving nothing out there on the court. You're going to try to pull out all the stops to win that basketball game because they need it for confidence and just, I think, mental frame of mind. This team is young. They need to win the tournament or win win that game, and it would be great to put some couple of games together in the tournament and make a run in the in the SEC tournament. I certainly think they can do that, and they have the talent to do that. So when you look at the Auburn matchup, I think they've got some talent. When, uh, you've got Wendell Johnson. Again, he's the point guard. He's back and playing extremely well, double, double figures and points. Allen Flanagan has played extremely well against the Arkansas Razorbacks. He's averaging nine points, well, right under ten points and four rebounds uh, a game. And I'm sorry, I said Wendell, Wendell Green. Thirteen points, uh, four assists a game. And, of course, they have uh, John Brown, the big, the 6'10", who's putting up great numbers. And where we are struggling is in the interior. The Mitchell Twins. Amani Johnson, we're not getting up well, any production. We're not getting the production that we need to beat top-tier teams on the inside. That's the matchup to watch for as they take on Auburn. I'll add this one on because it's, it's kind of similar to what uh, Corey asked, and it is about uh, – this is from Jamie – is Auburn a must-win? What does Bart think? What are the key matchups? There's that word again, key matchups. I, I think the, the key matchup to me is is Green at the point guard as he yeah. goes up against Devo Davis. And, and obviously another key is you can't get Devo in foul problems because he got into foul problems immediately, well, within the first two minutes at Auburn yeah. in that first matchup. Yep, yep. So I think Wendell Green, I agree with you, Randy. Wendell Green makes them go. And when you look, because Alan Flanagan is a pro prospect, 18 points and I believe eight rebounds last time, that's a guy that's going to have a chip on his shoulder being an Arkansas guy that could put up points in a hurry, extremely athletic. So Wendell Green, I certainly would look at Alan Flanagan. And, again, even if the matchup doesn't have to be there in terms of the interior, meaning we we don't have to match what they get with their big inside. We need to see some production and some fire out of the Mitchell Twins and get them back to where they were at the first Kentucky matchup when they really, really took it to Kentucky. And that would be a huge benefit to this Razorback team. But, Randy, you're, you're spot on. Devo Davis is the catalyst. His defense tremendous, and he's going to have to do what he normally does, and that's lock up against one of the best guards in the country, certainly in the SEC. You know, if Flanagan's got a chip on his shoulder, the Razorbacks should play Barry Dunning Jr. He ought to have ten chips on his shoulder because he hadn't <laughs> played, and he's from Alabama, and he's playing against Auburn. But the chances of seeing that's him correct. are what? Zero? Chances of seeing him are zero, right? Zero. Okay. Not even one. Chances of seeing him are zero. Yeah. It, hey, 
And it's unfortunate, Rick, because when he's gotten the limited time that he's gotten on the court, Barry Dunny has played extremely well, and I think he's really talented. And kind of, this is where when you're struggling and you lose three straight games, this is kind of what we go back to the substitution guys. We've talked about it. Why not mix things up? Put some different guys in, if nothing else, to light a fire and motivate your own guys. This is where I think the substitution coaches can't get out of their own way. It's really hard to break those patterns. But if you're losing games, you have to mix up some things. You've got to change it up. Well, you're right. And if Arkansas is going to go very far in this tournament, they're not going to play seven games, seven no. players and win four games. No. Those guys will be totally worn out by the time they get to the second or third game. So I don't know whether we'll see some more guys in the first game or not, but it, it certainly would behoove the Razorbacks to get some of those people to playing. And they're talented players. You know, we can say, well, yeah. Okay, they can't play defense as well. Well, look at the last three games. Who has played defense well? So, you know, we, we, I agree. why not give it a try with somebody else? But nonetheless, we're not the coach, and we'll see what happens. Well, Randy, Rick, we've avoided talking about the fatigue factor. I was, I was trying to get to that. That's okay, next. Well, do, Talk about the fatigue they, factor, Mark. I mean, do they not look tired? <laughs> When at you times. look at a basketball team and there's no energy, like yeah. at times from the tip of the Kentucky game, we were outclassed from the yeah. tip to the end of the game. Yeah, right. There is no way that you can look at it and say, all right, we're, we're putting out enough energy and focus and effort to beat a top, what, 20 NET team, even if it's at home. So I, they have got to be tired physically mentally, whatever, they look fatigued. Last time we saw them play with high energy was at Alabama. They had nothing against Tennessee, and they didn't have enough against Kentucky. That's right. And they've had, what, they will have five days rest? Yeah, basically. so maybe maybe this will help. This this ought to, they ought to, if they're going to have yeah. some energy, they ought to have it right now. Hang on, Mark. We'll we've got one more segment. Hang tight. Bart Reed's player profile and scouting report is brought to you by the Hoop 5 Basketball Academy. Well, welcome back, Mr. Bart Reed. And with that, I need another, I have another question for you. Uh, Mike says, by way of our Asher Record Service Company, Life in Feedback, saw Bart is on. What about tomorrow, the first day of the state tournament matchups? Can Bart go over the matchups and key players? Thursday looks like a great day. Boy, they load us up on the first day. So tomorrow is the first day of the state finals. And action-packed, we start off 12 o'clock on the girls' side, Farmington versus Nashville. And, Randy, you got to give me credit. I picked Nashville to make it to the state championship all the way. Of course, that's not very hard. They're the repeat uh, winners from last year. They won the state championship last year, have all their players coming back. Farmington obviously has the beast inside. Jenna Lawrence, 6'3", the Arkansas signee, 2023, who has been nothing short of dominant this entire year, averaging over 24 points a game and 13 rebounds. And she is something to watch. But they take on a Nashville team with Caroline Dean and Olivia Dean, 
the twins that play 11 to 12 girls, and they are going to press the entire game, and it's going to be end-to-end and should be probably one of the best basketball games of the year as they match speed versus size, and that is our first game. That's the 4A Girls State Championship, and that is at noon tomorrow. That's our first game. We then go to the 4A Boys, which is Blyville, Rashad Marshall, the old Miss signee, 6'8", very dominant. Randy, this young man had 19 points, 14 rebounds, and five blocks as they defeat Lane Taylor and the Farmington Boys in the semifinals of the 4A Regional. So Blyville beats them, and they are taking on Little Rock Christian on the boys' side with J.J. Andrews, Sean Andrews' son, the 6'4", athletic, extremely skilled guard for Little Rock Christian, and also uh, Landron Blocker, 6'5", Layden Blocker's brother. He is a 2024, multiple offers, Power 5 offers, Memphis, uh, Old Miss, uh, SMU has offers from everywhere. Extremely talented, extremely skilled. That's our second game of the day. And so it's action-packed already. If that was not enough, then you've got the 5A girls. That's Bologna versus Greenwood. Greenwood, I think, could very well be, if they played it overall, guys, like they did back in the day, Greenwood could very well be the best overall team in the state. Bologna's kind of surprised some people. Bologna, the central one with uh, Kinley Mears and uh, company take on Greenwood, and that should be an action-packed game. Greenwood defeated an extremely talented West Memphis team to get to the finals, and that will be action-packed, and then followed up with the grand finale, the 5A boys, Lake Hamilton versus Pine Bluff. Another one I really predicted from the start. Two teams from the same conference. The 5A South proved to be extremely strong as they had three of the last four teams came out of the 5A South, and that should be action-packed. That's the last game of the day. Lake Hamilton, Ty Robinson versus Jordan Harris of Palm Bluff the Missouri football commit, and Courtney Crutchfield, of course, Randy, as you know, uh-huh. averaging to over 20 points a game, five assists, seven rebounds. Could make a case that Courtney Crutchfield or Rashad Marshall are the front runners for player of the year when it's all said and done. But that is day one in the Arkansas Finals over at Hot Springs. Uh, guys, real quick, uh, there are some rules that's in effect for the uh, Hot Springs Convention Center tomorrow. Tickets are per, per session, not per game. One ticket will get someone in for both the girls and the boys game for that classification. After each session, everyone will be required to exit the arena, and all tickets are sold through the AAA website. There will not be a box office open during the tournament. All tickets are electronic, no paper. GoFan.co slash forward slash APO slash school slash triple a if you can keep up with all the slashes um i am um i'm confused bart and the reason why i say that uh i got this from the uh hot springs convention center and uh example tomorrow doors open at 10 a.m for session one it's called a unified game at 10 30 potsville united 
or unified uh, versus Conway. Then they're saying the 4A girls game, which is noon, is a unified game number two. That's the Farmington-Nashville. What is unified games? Do you know? I do not, Randy. I don't want to say something false, but I need to do some research on that. So it's showing that is the first game, the Pottsville-Conway at 10. Pottsville Unified versus Conway. That's 1030. It's called Unified Game 1. Then on Friday, there is another Unified Game 1 at 1030. That's Ozark Unified versus Hot Springs. So I'm guessing that's Conway Unified against Pottsville Unified. I express ignorance. Mm. I'm sorry. I've never heard of that before. I'm with you, so I'm not sure if those are consolation type games. For I, we'll we'll do some research on that and find out, Randy. Get back Please to the listeners because that's that's a new one for me. I have to be honest. Please do. All right, uh, I'm going to get to Hog Fan 73 real quick. Uh, Bart, how many players from this roster you think will return next season? Boy, this is a big time topic, Bart. Who is coming back <laughs> next year for Arkansas? Whew. I. Listen, who's coming back speculation? I think, obviously, Nick Smith is gone. I think most people expected Jordan Walsh. I think Jordan Walsh comes back. Obviously, Barry Dunning, if he does not transfer. Um, D. Ford is certainly coming back. Joseph Pena is coming back. Uh, I think Anthony Black is gone. I, obviously, I have said Ricky Council has played himself into a draft spot. Is could he potentially come back to up that draft stock? Possibly, but I think he is gone as well. Uh, it's so hard to say, Randy. I, Mitchell I mean, twins, really. Uh, the I think the Mitchell twins, based on before these last this last slide, I would have projected them a lot to be gone. Uh, certainly, now they might have to be in a position where they come back and when listen, we would certainly take them back. Uh, the big question mark for me right now is Devo Davis. As his defensive play, even though it's it's not flashy, has certainly played him into a NBA type of prospect. And this is from talking to an assistant GM in the league. Devo Davis was a prospect last year. He is certainly a prospect this year, and Devo could very well be gone as well out of that group. Wow. Well, we are fortunate we're going to have Bart on a couple more times this week, including tomorrow at 4.30. So we look forward to talking to Bart then. Thanks, guys. That is Bart Reed, Pure Sweat Basketball Skills, thanks to Hoopfire.